Welcome to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. I'm Patty Vest. And I'm Mark Wood. This season on SageCast, we're discussing mentoring stories with one of students, professors, coaches, and staff who work closely together in the classroom, in the lab, and in the field. Today, we're talking with molecular biology major Nika Vintriza, class of 21, and Travis Brown, director of the college's Quantitative Skills Center. Welcome, Nika and Travis. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to have you both with us. Thanks. Um, let's start with your own backgrounds. Um, can you trace back what sparked your interest in science? Uh, Nika, let's start with you, if you don't mind. Were you always interested in biology? Um, I didn't think I would be really going into college to major in STEM until my junior and senior year of high school. I had really great um, biology and a genetics teacher. We just can give a shout out to Mr. Kaditz and Mr. Dennison um, <laughs> from Kate School. Um, I really enjoyed their classes. Um, but at that point, after take, after finishing up my classes, I didn't know like how to further go into the STEM until I got an email in the middle of summer and being like from Travis actually saying, hey, so we see that you kind of fit what the type of students we're looking for for this um, mentor program slash cohort. Would you be interested in joining? And then just kind of went from there. Travis, can you tell us briefly about the origins of your scientific background? Yeah. So as a kid, I always interested in the sciences, I guess, the world, um, went to college and I went to Morehouse College with the idea that I would be uh, pre-med. So that lasted about a week and a half, maybe. <laughs> that long. That long. And then <clears throat> I met uh, Dr. Bloomer, uh, Larry Bloomer, and he taught ecology, environmental science. Uh, he still teaches there at Morehouse. And I got involved in his lab. I worked with him for sophomore, junior, senior year and did a lot of summer programs, and then went off to grad school to do a PhD also in um, biology, integrative biology. So I'm trained as an amphibian endocrinologist, and my uh, lab advisor, a PI there, was uh, is Tyrone Hayes. So worked there, but at a certain point realized that I didn't want to stay in the sciences, and I, it wasn't the lifestyle, the kind of work that I wanted to do. So I got an opportunity to, to work at uh, Tufts University, started a center there, First STEM, uh, students interested in STEM. It was housed in the engineering school and was there for four years, then came to Pomona to start the Quantitative Skills Center and also to start the, or to enhance and keep the cohort programs. We were starting to expand uh, in 2013 when I got here. And so I jumped in and said, hey, I can help lead this effort. And that's what I did. Yeah. Um Tell us a little bit about your working relationship. I, you, I know, uh, Nika, you heard from uh, from Travis before you got here, but how did you meet, and uh, uh, how did that evolve into a mentor-mentee relationship? Um, I think the first time we actually met was our my interview, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. after I applied, he emailed me saying, oh, we just want to have like a short interview. We got that going. And then after that, that was because that was like in the middle of the summer. So after that, I completely forgot who Travis was. Until then, I should never forget you now. No, not no, no, never. No, <laughs> not and then um, I rolled into Pomona. And then I think it was the advisor, advisee lunch meeting. And then that was when I met the other members members of my cohort and also um, our advisor and then Travis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we took we took over the QSC. That was like my first exposure to the space. And, yeah. yeah. So we is it it's an interesting program because I direct and oversee all the different cohorts, but each cohort also has a faculty mentor. Um, and there are student mentors involved also. Um, some semesters more than other semesters might be more active, depends on the cohort, depends on the year and who we have. But so I get to know, you know, 50 to 60 out of the in incoming class, the, that number of students. Um, and some of them I get to know better than others, but, uh, they also, each cohort has its own faculty mentor as well. So we, I guess we structure things and we try to make it as structured as what makes sense, but we know that for first year students coming in, it's usually better to give a little bit more structure than less because students might not know exactly what to do. So we kind of just tell you what to do and where to be and 
Yeah, we have a lot of lunches together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. First year, I, I know, like we had lunch every single week, and then that kind of decreased to every other week. Now we have no more official lunches together. Well, that'll change. Yeah, you. We we teach you how to fly, and then we say off you go, and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes informal lunches, not formal lunches. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so I think students will come by in their junior and senior years, like just sort of as needed. Um, and you know, when it comes time for grad school applications or medical school applications or whatever is next, um, people come through and we talk about that. We started talking a little bit about it already, um, Travis. If can you tell us a little bit more about the history of the QC? How was it formed? What's it, the philosophy behind the the center? So going back probably around 2009 to 2010, somewhere around there, a group of faculty got together. um, And I won't try to name all of them because I know I'll forget somebody. But a group of faculty got together and they said, well, we don't have a quantitative skills, quantitative reasoning center. Uh, We have a writing center that's been very successful. And the counterpart to that, well, it looks like it makes sense. Also, at the same time, Faculty were looking at how students were doing in like intro biology and chemistry courses, sort of the gateway courses into the STEM fields. And we saw, you know, differences based on um, gender, race, uh, class, you know, basically what was happening all across the country. Um, Every school is dealing with this. And so Pomona said, well, we're going to write a grant to the Arthur Vining Davis Foundation, got the grant, and now we need to hire somebody to create the center. And there was some good um, you know, serendipity and person who knew someone here from where I was at Tufts. And I found that about the job application because I didn't, I didn't actually know until it was very late. And they'd already interviewed people for the job. Um, and so I applied very quickly, interviewed, got the job, and then spent the first uh, spring 2013 just listening, just talking to students and faculty and staff. And then the fall 2013, we started with our tutoring program. So the main thrust of the QSC is to offer math and science tutoring for the entire campus. So any student that needs academic help in those disciplines that are, you know, have a lot of numbers involved or scientific reasoning, just come to the QSC. And then at the same time, we were starting Pomona Science Scholars. We had been a posse school at that point for a number of years. Um, and then following year 2014, we started Pomona Scholars of Math. And so We've done a humanities cohort. We've had another program called HAP, which was another HHMI-funded cohort program that ran for four years. So there was a lot happening in 2013, 2014, and the QSC became the home to all of that, all of that work. Yeah. Uh, Nika, how did you first hear about the QSC, and how did you get involved? Um, like I said, I got I, for, I got an email in the, over the, in the middle of the summer from Travis inviting me to apply to Pomona Scholars of Science cohort. Um, it was because I noted on my college application, I'm first gen, I'm low income, and I'm interested in going to STEM. And I have no idea what any of that means <laughs> and how that's going to go <laughs> into college. Mm-hmm. But um, so... I actually wasn't, I didn't, I didn't decide to apply until very last minute. So it was, I think I was very lucky to get my application sent in on time and then get the interview and then got the good, like, congrats, you're in. I even like at that point I was excited, but I still didn't really know what that meant. I just kind of thought it'd be like, oh yeah, you're just going to meet other people who are also into STEM. That'll be fun. It's like automatic friends, sort of, (laughs) for the beginning. But um, And then got to campus. I met other members of the cohort, and then we all ended up congregated at the QSC, and that was where I first started hearing about what exactly the QSC had to offer. And um, just hearing about it was... It, it felt like I felt very relieved to know that I would have a lot of support throughout my time at Pomona, Definitely took advantage of that support. Still taking advantage of that support. But, yeah, I think, yeah. And what type of resources were available to you through the QSA? So I definitely utilized the one-on-one tutoring sessions. Those were, like, a really big help Mm -hmm. for when um, 
I was kind of, I was still, well, I mean, I still am nervous to come up to professors. And I think that having a peer mentor really helped me be more, um, it, it helped me be more open and be more willing to kind of ask questions and be speak up when I'm confused. And then I actually became a mentor myself um, for the intro to cell biology class last spring. And then mm -hmm. I got to see that side. And that was a lot of fun. Um, in terms of other resources offered, I, I've definitely even just like sitting down at the QSC and talking to Travis and Dylan, who also works there, about all of my life problems. I feel like every semester I come in with a crisis. I'm like, Travis, what am I doing with my life? Like, am I pre-med? We shot, so we figured out I'm not pre-med sophomore year. So now we're trying to answer if I'm interested in graduate school. So that's, that's mm -hmm. what we're navigating. Mm -hmm. but. Travis, um, mm -hmm. can you um, um, explain how the the uh, QSC is structured. You've talked about this a little bit, but mm -hmm. exactly how does it work and what's your role as as director? Yeah, so the the part that Dylan Worcester, my assistant director, that he is in charge of now, that I used to be in charge of before he got here, I think three years ago, is the, the tutoring program for the campus. So if any student needs help, individual, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, we try to cover all of the STEM intro STEM courses for sure, but we do upper division courses as well. Um, we, a lot of departments will have mentor sessions. And so mentor sessions are a great help and people go and they're very important, but that's group, a group setting. And sometimes students want the one-on-one. -on -one, so that's what we offer. Um, so there's that part of it. The cohort aspect of it is I try to like I say, I sort of get to know as many of the students that I can. And I work with the faculty to keep an eye on what the weekly meetings look like and offer suggestions, offer help. I'll step in to run meetings when needed. But it's kind of, at this point, a lot of people have been involved for years. And so we kind of know what's going, but we also have new people, um, new advisors, new mentors. And so, yeah, I work with them just to make sure that the weekly lunches are being utilized in a way that makes sense for the students and they're getting, you know, what they need out of it. And it's all about teaching how to do college. So I don't know if you remember what we actually did your first semester in PSS, but Bloom's Taxonomy. Oh, yes. That was uh, the very first meeting. Yes. So we do a lot of that uh, study skills and time management. Um, we'll bring on-campus resource people like mm -hmm. the folks from the CDO. We've done meeting at the KSPC before. Um, and try to just introduce them to campus and bring people to put a face to a name. And so there's that. And then I guess the last part of the QSE is just the space itself. And so people just are there, they hang out, they come through and they, you know, sometimes we sit around and we talk about anything and everything that's going on. Um, uh, sometimes it, it is life advice about here's what you might want to think about for grad school or not. Um, but we try to make the as welcoming a space where students can feel like they can just be themselves and yeah, and eat our snacks and drink the water and print when they need and whatever it might be. So it's really turned into a nice sort of hub of activity on the second floor of the Smith Campus Center. Yeah. Talk to us more about peer-to-peer -peer tutoring, which is a, a big part of the QC and, and mm -hmm. part questions for, for both of you. What what does it look like? What is it, and why is it important? And you can you tell it and can you tell us about your experience on both sides of that peer to peer tutoring? Yeah, so um, I guess I, I can start off by explaining the types of peer one on one tutoring. Yeah. So the QSC has um, drop in hours where you don't need to make an appointment and appointment hours where um, if you'd if you if you'd prefer it to be one-on-one -on -one and you for sure want it to be one-on-one -on -one, you can go ahead and book that mentor for an hour or a certain period of time and I like I said before I really like how those mentors were available to me for one-on-one -on -one help because um, coming in I was very hesitant to kind of reach out especially in a group setting I there was there was a little bit of um there, there was a little bit of the being afraid to kind of, oh, like, I, I should know this. This is so simple. And mm -hmm. it looks like all my other classmates know this, but I don't know this. And it, it seemed to me that, like, 
my peers were at like step three and I was at like step negative one. So <laughs> I needed, I, I just needed to get that um, basic background and information. And the mentors that I've worked with have been very patient with me. They, they never, they're, they're really understanding of the fact that not everyone comes from the same background when coming into intro STEM, intro, intro STEM classes. And they like, I, there, and no matter how many times I ask them to go over the same concept, they're always just willing to kind of go back and review with me. Yeah. Yeah. Pomona, I mean, we don't have graduate students here. I mean, when I was a grad student at Berkeley, that's what I ran discussion sections, which basically were like mentor sessions. And so we do, we rely on our undergrads a lot to do, you know, mentoring, TAing, being partners. Um, and it's, it's always amazing to me just how much the students seem to care. So I also will do like trainings for mentors. And so last week I did a training for our physics mentors and TAs. And they had already met over the summer and done a reading group all about like inclusive pedagogy and how to be a better mentor and all of that stuff. And so my job was just sort of to guide them in a discussion and remind them of some salient points for being a good mentor. But our students are amazing. And so we always hire, you know, 20 to 30, sometimes up to 40, depends on the semester of uh, our QSC partners. And yeah, we rely heavily on them. Yeah, do a great job. Um, when we hear people talking about the QSC, uh, a lot of it has to do with sort of community building in the sense that there's a real community there. Can you talk, talk to us about that? Is that intentional to sort of build community? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. You say, right, no <laughs> um, yeah, from the, from the beginning, that's one of the things that I heard when I got here is just students feeling disconnected. And so they weren't getting what they needed out of mentor sessions. Departments didn't feel like they could, you know, connect there. They were, you know, hesitation about, I can't talk to this faculty, I'm the intimidation. And so we created these cohorts and the QSC with the main, yeah, the biggest attempt is to try to create some sort of community within the STEM fields. And I think we've it's actually been pretty amazing to see the change over the years, um, not just with the QSE, but even in academic departments. So like the math department has done a lot, you know, even before I got here, we're trying to build community. Um, physics now is trying to do some new things. CS is becoming um, a lot more students are interested in CS. And so there have there are questions about building community. And so it's all a part of sort of the general idea of, of campus right now is the idea of we're a very diverse place, but how are we doing the equity? How are we doing the inclusion work and making it feel like students actually can be successful? Not that they just can be successful here, but that they actually belong and are part of this community. So we're having those conversations now. But from the beginning, that was sort of the point of the QSC is we need a place where students can feel comfortable being vulnerable because if you're coming in and you don't know something, you're in a position of vulnerability. And the best way, in my opinion, to do that is to build relationships and have a supportive community so students feel that they can be vulnerable and come in with their questions. And yeah, it's okay to say, I don't know. And that feeling of being okay with saying, I don't know something, I feel like has permeated across campus in many ways. Um, but from the beginning, that was, that was the idea. No, no, no. How are we doing? Doing really great. Right. I mean, <laughs> I I know I remember like my biggest fear before like the summer before I came into Pomona was, oh, how am I gonna make friends? It's like high school all over again. It took me like two years to make friends in high school. But um I think within like the first night of me moving in here, I coincidentally met someone from my cohort section and we were just kinda like a PSS? Yeah, PSS. So that was like an automatic bond. And I mean, to this day, we're both still like really good friends. I think that throughout our lunch meetings when professors, um, I, we, we had chairs or at least like professors from all of the STEM the, like departments come into our lunch meetings. So it was really nice to meet someone like and interact with them face to face because there was no classroom setting. And 
I think that's the biggest intimidation factor, at least my first year. Just like seeing them kind of sitting down with us, eating lunch. They also had to go around and, you know, introduce yourself and what was like your favorite book this summer or something like that. It was kind of just like, you know, those like really awkward icebreakers that everyone kind of hates. I'm sorry, Travis. (laughs) I I know you all hate them, but we have to do them. Yeah. Yeah. And just like having to see like, us struggle but also the professor we were talking to that day kind of like oh gosh guys I don't know was like, <laughs> like okay yeah we feel you we ha- and it's kind of like an automatic bond already and that and that that just made all of us so much more comfortable and more willing to interact with them and which ended up which turned into when we ourselves became upperclassmen and started taking um like um upper division classes, it was a lot easier to kind of just interact with the professor and say, do you remember me in that one time that we all saw how you spilled like macaroni on your t-shirt or something? (laughs) That one meeting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, A question for Travis. Um, Mm -hmm. How does the QSC support first gen students, students of color and low income students? So for the cohorts, that's that's who we choose, mm-hmm. and so uh, each each summer is different as far as how we um, put together a list of students that we will invite to be in a cohort. But in general, it's usually first generation um, and or low income students, uh, underrepresented minority students. So typically, black, Latino, um, or two or more races. We get that information as well. We get that from admissions. And then when we reach out to those students, um, this year actually we've had more, and last year, more international students who are first-generation college students. So we've added a few more international students into the mix. Mm-hmm. But that's that's who we knew was um, having the most difficulty with making it through those intro STEM courses, you know, back 20, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, up until, leading, up until we made these cohorts. And so that's who we're working for, working with. And so the idea is that we understand the landscape of high, of uh, sorry, K through 12 education in the United States. And if you're from a place where you didn't have the best preparation, the best high school experience, and I, you know, lots of stories about high schools that didn't have you know, access to labs and maybe uh, someone, the coach was teaching the chemistry class and that can be okay, but the coach doesn't have a degree in chemistry, yeah. um, things like that. And so yeah. we know students are coming in into this very rigorous academic environment. And so that's who we focus on. And we will have students sometimes who are full pay, but they might be underrepresented in another way. Um, but for the most part, the vast majority of our students are a part of the sort of fly, the fly community, first gen, low income group. Um, yeah, and they're actually doing quite well. So one of the things that we've uh, we just had an article, short piece come out in AAC and U, um, talking about some of our successes for students and like you know retention and from Chem One A to organic chemistry, like moving through the curriculum, is the highest for our cohort students. Um, grade achievement is up there, right? So if we look at B minus or better grades, our students are just—they're doing well academically, and we didn't want students to leave the sciences because they didn't feel they could handle the academic work. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's not happening. Students might leave the sciences, and that's okay. That's great. It's a liberal arts college. We want you to explore and try to find new things, but. The sense that I don't belong, I can't do this work, um, even though I still really want to, I'm going to choose something else. Like we've tried to get rid of that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Nika, you've talked about this to some degree, but I'm going to throw this out again to get you to give you a chance to kind of boil it all down. And that is, you know, what has the the QSC meant in your college career? How how has it played a role in in and on the academic side and just on the life side? Um, so the QSC like first introduced me to PSS, Pomona Scholars of Science, and it offered as kind of, it offered itself as a space where we were all invited to just hang out. We can do homework or we cannot. Like we can talk to Travis about our life or we can just sit there. Um, I... It was, it was like overall, it was just one of the very first welcoming spaces 
at Pomona that I like that I that I can think of right at the top of my head. I think it was like the first like official, like not academic building, but still like academic centered place that I've entered. And I've I it, it, like I agree with what Travis said. It's like a little hub in the middle of SCC, second floor. And um well like what and what with what Travis was saying earlier with keeping kind of like keeping students who want to stay in STEM in STEM I definitely like felt that encouragement and support as I was navigating my first two years at Pomona I I think that had it not been for being a part of the cohort or like knowing that the QSC and Travis was there I I would have probably ended up dropping my STEM major yeah because I like I remember it was like the very first like um intro chem exam did not do as well as I had hoped and I was just like oh gosh wow this is it I I gotta go like I'm gonna get kicked out of PSS <laughs> so, then, no. first, so I, I think I had like mentally prepared myself to like say goodbye to like the group chat oh, and, like, no. like hey like I I, I, th I don't think they're gonna want me here at this point but then I kind of like sat down I I like I I I, I, t I talked about like oh like uh, this like this is this, this class is really fun. I really like what I'm doing. I really like the friends I'm making through this class. I think you know these labs like time intensive, but still like so much fun, and I get so much out of it. But I like you know the grade just says that I'm not doing that well. And then it's kind of so everyone was kind of just like no, like stop, like don't don't click that drop class button. Just think about how you <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just like. They they were every like everyone like my my cohort members and um, the professors that I reached out to they were they just said like you know like you shouldn't expect to like get straight A's like all of a sudden because Pomona Pomona is hard and um, STEM is hard but that doesn't mean that you can't do it and just because you didn't get like a, a grade as good as you had hoped that doesn't mean that you're not fit or cut out for the STEM life as we've all started calling it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think like just a continuous encouragement, especially like last year, I, I felt like I was kind of in a down mood because um, I've realized that within like, so molecular biology has like equal parts of chem and bio in terms of the major requirements. And the way my schedule ended up working out was um, last year, I wasn't able to take any bio classes. It was only chem. And then that was the year where I was like, I think I like bio more than chem. And being in that mindset of like organic chemistry all year was kind of, and then it was just the, the material just wasn't clicking with me. And um, I just, I don't think I just was as invested as I was in, um, other topics and I was so like I feel like every every month once a month at least I came into the QSC being like should I drop this class every time Dylan and Travis were like no <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay <laughs> and I made it and I'm here now I really I'm I'm taking um molecular biology lab class for my major as well as biochemistry I'm loving both of them and i don't regret my decision to not drop STEM. That's yeah, good. That was a really long story. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. No, Can here, I add yeah, one thing? Please. So uh, another thing that we try to encourage students to participate in is research. So we know that that's a high impact practice. And so along with the close advising relationships with faculty and with other mentors, uh, research is will we will keep students in STEM in a way that other ones um might not because it just it lets you see how the work is actually done. And so we encourage students to do research here on campus, um, and, but we also support students to go off and do it um, other places during the summer. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've been to where? Tufts. Yeah, went to Tufts <laughs> to do some research. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that experience and your thinking about STEM after that. Yeah. So I think coming in, the perception I had about being a STEM major just in general was that you're either pre-med or nothing or not nothing. It was like a big question mark. And um, I don't like things that I don't know about. So I was like, OK, I guess I'm pre-med. <laughs> I like joined the bandwagon. And like Travis, it was like a week and a half in where I was like, oh, 
yeah, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But then at that point, I was kind of hit with, uh, there's like a fork in the road. And it's like, I don't, I can force myself to continue being pre-med or I can try to figure out what happens. And then it just so happened that one of our cohort meetings was Professor Liu coming in from the chemistry department. And she told us about um, the variety of undergraduate research programs at Tufts University because I think she had worked there in the past. So mm -hmm. she had like the connections. And um, I was interested. I, I think that I, I didn't sign up because I was like, oh, yes, research. I love that. And that's what I want to do. It was more just like I didn't really know what else I would do. Over it was either that or it was either like do research or just kind of like hang out and stay at home over the summer. Both were like really good options, but I think again, like what motivated me to um, continue and apply to the um, research program at Tufts was because, like, like two other members from my cohort were also planning on applying, and um, we actually all ended up going there together in the end. So um, I was, so the program that I was in is, was is called Bio um, Building Diversity in the Biomedical Sciences, and it was conducted at the Sackler Graduate School, which is kind of like the um, med medical and graduate school associated with Tufts. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was on Tufts campus, but um, that was like my first true exposure to research, I think, because in like intro bio and intro chem labs were a lot of fun, but they're, they're lab classes. So it's kind of like, you should know what answers you're gonna expect coming out of it. Whereas in lab, it was kind of like, okay, it's up to you to kind of like troubleshoot everything. And I remember like being so nervous, kind of like, oh man, like this is it. But I had a really great experience. I think like that was that that that's what that was what really started off me with me saying, I think I really like research and I think this is what I want to continue with my life. It was like just like that, that question mark turned into grad school. Mm -hmm. Except now it's grad school or another question mark, but that's for later. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a great partnership uh, with Tufts. We've been sending students there for years, and we also have one with City of Hope here in Southern California. And so we send four students there to get a different kind of research experience. It's not a college campus, but they're doing some intense work. So we push research and we encourage students, especially after their first year. Um, because again, we know that that's going to keep people more interested in STEM and it's a big high impact practice. Yeah. Um, deciding on a major can be difficult as we, as we know and, or remember. Um, and, and you talked a little bit about kind of the life coaching sessions yeah. that happen <laughs> at KSC. Um, Travis, how do you coach and support students who are interested in STEM fields? I mean, what I might say, I don't know if I've said this directly to you, but just pick something. <laughs> like, I mean. Oh, you've definitely told me that. Our, so, so one, it's like, yeah, you need to choose something, choose a major, but is your job going to directly line up with whatever you choose for your majors? Like, no, we know that's not exactly how it works now. Um, once you get very technical and very, you know, focused on one particular thing. But most people coming out of Pomona are going to have, you know, very diverse careers and different pathways. And their major is it's important, but it's not everything. And the other thing, the reason why I say just pick something is because our students are so capable and so smart and so driven that you're, you are able to almost just kind of pick anything and you will excel in it if you have the right support. So that's the way I look at it is if you like molecular biology, do molecular biology. If you like chemistry, just do chemistry. If you want to do, you know, classics, and but still go to medical school, you can do that, right? You can do that at Pomona. And so I guess in sort of the mentor and the process, it's I talk a lot about what are you interested in, right? Forget about your major. What do you actually want to do? What are you good at? What do you think that you're good at? Um, what do you think someone will value in the future enough to pay you some money to do that thing, right? And so the trick is to try to align all of those things together, and then some major will reveal itself. But that's, again, not the end-all, be-all of everything. So, yeah, I try to turn it back to the students as much as possible and say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want your day-to-day -to, -day to look like? Do you want to be in a lab? 
do you want to be in front of a class? Do you want to teach? Do you want to work in industry? Do you want to, I don't know, run a nonprofit? Like whatever it is, think about it that way. And then just choose something you're really interested in. You will do better in that thing and you'll be fine. And so it's a lot of reassuring about the future because I think a lot of students, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's some fear and trepidation about life after Pomona mm -hmm. because everything is here for you now. We feed you, house you, take care of you and academically outside the classroom. Um, then you graduate and it's like now you're off on your own and there might be some fear there. So I try to say like it's going to be okay. You will find a job you will be okay. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about mentorship, uh, you know, it, and, and in a lot of cases it gets to be sort of a synonym for encouragement, but it's, it's uh, not all kumbaya, right? I mean, it's also some tough love and have there been times when, when Travis has had to tell you things you didn't want to hear? And That's a good question. Oh, I well, not things that I didn't want to hear, but things that I definitely know I needed that I needed to hear were like, oh, it's gonna be okay, right? Or um, just when it when I think we like had this discussion recently, but it was like, oh, like you should like start focusing academically instead of saying yes to like all these extracurriculars. Put your classes first now, maybe, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> and. Um, just like, oh, and like when I was going through my major dilemma, I definitely got the just pick something speech. <laughs> and I, I I remember like, I think I was like uh, first semester, sophomore year. And you said, just pick something. And I was like, that was not helpful, Travis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be narrowing it down. It's like just picking something. But I think that um, the encouragement and the support that I've received are things that I've needed to kind of advance me through my STEM career and STEM life at Pomona. And if I, like, I think the worst thing I've had to hear was like, oh, just study more. It's like, yeah, I'll study more. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Did I tell you that? No, <laughs> probably not. Well, I think, so one other thing about mentoring is you'll have multiple mentors, right? And so you will get different things from different people. And so the QSC and so that space I try to keep as, you know, light and positive and I'm not trying to add any stress because I know it you're I, I know you're stressed out already, right? With yeah. all the work you have to do. And so I might be a little less sort of tough love, that sort of approach, but you might need that. And so you might get that from a faculty member, like, you know, whoever your academic advisor is might push you more in that way. Um, or whoever your thesis advisor ends up being, you know, that sort of thing. But so I, I think that, yeah, you have multiple people that give you different, different kinds of mentoring. Um, and also peer mentors too, like they'll, they give you another point of view from the student, near peer, um, their experience. So yeah, it's like a good mentor, bad mentor dynamic. <laughs> no, <laughs> a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> a tough love. No, yeah, no. But I think I think that's a challenge, though. Especially what I've heard from some faculty is how do you how do you push students when you feel like they might not be giving their best work, and you know they can do more, do better. Um, but there might be some hesitation because of whatever is in between that relationship. Mm -hmm. And that could be, um, it could be class, it could be gender, it could be race, it could be those kinds of things. And so a faculty member might be less likely to say something in a certain way to some students um, and not push when mm -hmm. they maybe should push a little bit more. So those are tricky things, but yeah, you'll you'll get different kinds of love from different people <laughs> on this campus. And that's what you should do when you're trying to find a mentor. You don't just have just one. You have multiple people. Yeah. Question for both of you. What have you learned from each other? Just pick a major. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? You can add Bloom's Taxonomy into there. Oh, yeah. Bloom's Taxonomy. Bloom's first. Taxonomy. Um... 
No, I think um, definitely <laughs> um, when I first was, wasn't sure about like medical school versus graduate school, I kind of like sat down with Travis and he kind of like laid down his like your path and told me like he was kind of he was you you were like he was you were honest it's just like look if you want to go into pre-med you're gonna you're gonna have to expect this and this is probably what's gonna end up happening um this is what I went through when I went through grad school and this is and like look where I am now like there's just look look at all like these different opportunities I think the biggest thing that I'm that I am still taking away from you is that you know it'll be okay I'll find something to do and it'll most likely be something that I really love that I am prepared to take on what what's coming both like while I'm at Pomona and after I graduate at Pomona and that he's there for support whenever I need you know someone else to go to for an, like whenever I need to go to him again for another life crisis or just <laughs> life mm-hmm. yeah. I mean I think I take away from Nika and the other students too is just the energy like you walk into the QSC, even if things might be, you know, stressful or whatever, you usually have a smile on your face, right? Like, yeah. and you you bring that positivity with you. And so for me, it's a reminder, like I might be caught up in something I'm dealing with on campus or whatever, but why are we here? Like we're here to work with you, right? And to try to make you as successful and happy and send you out into the world to fix all the problems that exist, right? Like No yeah. pressure. No pressure at all. But you, yeah, I think in particular, you bring that sort of ray of sunshine with you, Aww. even in stressful times. And it's a good reminder to be like, you know what? Yeah, it will be okay. And let's talk and let's laugh and let's joke. And then, you know, hopefully you leave feeling a little bit better yeah. than when you showed up. A lot like decompressed. Being yeah. like, okay, I got this. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that's what we're trying to do. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Nika, tell us in, you know, let, let's sort of take a step back and look at your whole academic career here so far. Uh, how has it been? Has it been what you expected? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I think like in high school, I, you know, I was like, I got the straight A's and I was like very proud of that. And then I, so, I mean, people, people at high school told me, you know, like I, w- I went to a boarding school. So they, like my college counselor told me like, you know, Kate, like Kate's school, like really prepares you for like college out there. So I kind of came in being like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and then I walk into my intro chem class and I was like, I do not got this. <laughs> but um, I think that it's been a re- like, it's been definitely been like a really enlightening journey. I had, I had, I had originally come in thinking, oh, maybe I'll be a chem major. And I am not a chem major. I really found my love for biology. I see, I think that my, like my, I don't know, I just think about my time at Pomona. It's definitely, it's definitely had its ups and downs, had a roller coaster. And I think, you know, through it all, I had my cohort members with me. I had Travis with me. I had the QSC with me. I had all of my mentors, both um, academic related and not academic related. And I think that no, like you know, when I'm celebrating something, they're celebrating it with me. When I'm like in not the best mood, they're there to uplift me and kind of encourage and motivate me and tell me that things happen. But um, no matter what, you got this. And now I think I'm as an upperclassman myself. Oh, it feels really weird saying that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm a, I'm the upperclassman now. I'm the mentor now. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it feels really mm-hmm. surreal, like, seeing um, all of these first years and these new cohort members kind of go up to me and say, so how did you pick your major? Like, just pick something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I just I you know, two like two years ago I was the one asking my peer mentors that. And even that's that started even last year because I was um a lab TA for one of the um cohort sections and um just when they were asking me, Oh, like what major are you? Like how did you end up that major? Like how did you end up being mobile versus bio or just chem or even just or even neuro? And um seeing like seeing people rely and look up to me the same way that I relied and looked up to my mentors, still do, 
um, it really kind of it reminds me that we're all that we're all in this together, that we're all here to support each other and that, you know, that I have a family at Pomona. So you mentioned you've mentioned your academic side of Pomona. What other things are you involved on campus? Um, so on campus, I work for the Office of Parent and Alumni Engagement as a Star 47 agent. So if you hear, if any alums who are, um, who are, uh, I was going to say watching, but who are listening pick to this, please pick up the phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll get to talk to me. It might be Nika on the exactly. phone. Exactly. <laughs> it's Nika calling pick up people. Yes. yes I'll be like, hello. I will smile and dial. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm involved in Star 47. Um, this year, I am working at the Asian American Resource Center, um, so for short, known as the ARC, as one of their interns. And I'm also involved in the um, executive board of Kasama, which is the Philippinex club on campus. Yeah. So, Travis, what's mm -hmm. next for the QSC? Uh, well, um, in the nearest thing is we're kind of expanding space. So that's one mm -hmm. thing is we we don't have a lot of space at uh, where we are. We have three study rooms that are always being used. Um, and it's like a battle. Yeah, it's kind of a battle. <laughs> and it's funny because every year the, the new first years come in and they think that that's their space. But no, 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 no. The second, third, fourth year is like, wait a minute, we've been here. <laughs> so there's some turf wars. Um, but we, uh, there's a house over on 8th and College, so oh, it might nice. be some uh, sort of satellite office for the QSC. There's that. There's the idea of trying to expand cohorts. So every year we talk about this because we are limited in how many spots we have mm -hmm. because uh, it's, it's time intensive from our faculty and... We just it's just resource limitations. Um, catering lunches for you know so many groups every week uh, it gets expensive. Mm -hmm. So um, we would love to do more, and we'll see. Ideally, it would be great to for any student who was looking for like a group advising situation that's like a cohort to have that option. If everyone could do it, that'd be really cool. So we're talking about that. Um, I spend my time, you know, meeting to meeting, running around. And then when I'm at the QSC, it's students coming by, dropping in to see me. So there's a lot of really good data that we have that I haven't had a chance to really sit down and write up and get out there. I was actually thinking today, maybe I should just hire someone whose job is just to write articles and submit them for publication because we've got a lot there. We're doing some really some awesome work. So... That's kind of where we are with the QSC. We'll keep it going. Um, try to keep the snacks stocked and the printer working. We had some printer issues this morning. Um, but continue to always and always checking in with students and saying, like, you know, how's it how's it going for you? Is this is there anything we can do differently here to make this more you know welcoming space? That sort of thing. But yeah, Nika is an upper class. <laughs> uh, do you have any sense of your plans after Pomona? Um, see, this is why I came to Travis like a week ago. <laughs> uh -huh. um, right now, I I am thinking about going to graduate school. Um, more recently, I think that's so. I think so. Okay, I'll, I'll just timeline it all out. I think starting from after I finished research at Tufts until maybe about two months ago, I was, I thought I was totally set into going into graduate school for biochemistry or structural biology. Um, I worked with um, um, proteins that are crystallized and we shoot x-ray beams at them and the d data we get from that, we can solve their structure. So it's a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun in the labs that I worked at. But now, more recently, I'm thinking about the possibility of public health. So two like pretty different things. Although I feel like Travis will say, oh, just, just pick, pick one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just clarify that. Just pick one that you love. Like that's what we're trying to get to that point where you can recognize what you really, really want to do. Yeah. And then when you get there, then it's easy to choose. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about one of those two things, maybe. I mean, I've also thought about becoming um, a teacher for maybe like a couple minutes here and there. And it's just like a lingering thought. So it's definite, I definitely still have a lot of soul searching to do, career searching to do. But um, I think that maybe after like five more life crisis sessions with Travis, I'll figure it out. <laughs> For sure. 
<laughs> so for both of you, sort of a final question here. What advice would you have for high school students who are considering STEM fields in college? You want to go first? Or you. <laughs> I would I would say typically the the advice is take the most rigorous courses that are available where you are at your high school, All right? So if you have an option for you know AP and and IB and all of those things, like do that, mm-hmm. um, and that's good advice too. But I would I would add try to figure out. Yeah, you have to kind of figure out who you are as a person, and you're not going to know all of that in high school. And part of coming to college is to figure out, figure that out. But you can start that process, and you can start to think about, well, what is it that I'm actually interested in? Like if I – sometimes I do talk to high school students, and I would say like if you just went – if I said go to the library right now, and you got two hours – Go look up whatever you want. Where do you go? What section do you go to? What books are you pulling off the shelf? Um, be intentional about that and thinking about those kinds of things. And then, yeah, get straight A's and you can end up at Pomona. Um, but if you start that process then, then you'll have a better idea of sort of, okay, where am I going to, what direction I'll go in college? Not necessarily what I'll choose for my major or anything, but I'm kind of going to head in this direction because I know I like whatever it is, and just go with it. Yeah, that's my advice. Um, I think my advice to, and this is for high school students thinking about going to STEM, right? Mm -hmm. It would be to expect failure. I think right off the bat, you know, coming in from like good grades in high school and, you know, everyone who comes to Pomona has like good grades. So it's kind of like, it's not, it's definitely not of the same caliber. And I was very thrown off by that. So I didn't expect failure. So when failures happen and they will inevitably happen, it was just kind of like a big setback. Cause it was just like, you question everything about yourself and you're like, is this really my place? The answer to that will always be yes. And in lab, in the class, you can expect a failure. I remember when I, my, my working in Tufts lab, when my very first experiment failed, I was like, oh, I guess they're going to fire me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to find a plane back to California. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I think that, you know, your mentors and your professors, they all expect you to make mistakes. And that's why they're there to kind of help you guide, guide you through those mistakes and to let you know that you're not the only one for making that mistake. Other people have made that mistake before you in the past and you know you will continue to make mistakes in the future but you shouldn't think of those as a setback because at the end of the day I think we all survive like what we've gone through and we'll get through this one too. So on that note we're going to wrap this up. Our thanks to Nika Vendriza uh, class of 2021 and Travis Brown director of Mona's Quantitative Skills Center. Thank you both. And to all who've stuck with us this far, thanks for listening to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. Until next time.